Hey there, online family. Thanks so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We believe that the message you're about to hear is a powerful one. We believe that the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work. And we believe that through this message, you'll hear from Him today. So please enjoy. So we've been talking about parables, stories that Jesus told His disciples and all those that came as students before the Lord in His time here on this earth. What is a parable? A parable is an earthly story that illustrates a heavenly truth. Jesus used these parables to give us a greater understanding, something that we could comprehend and, and, and view in the place of understanding to which He was talking about. Because if He would have gave us the understanding through heavenly words, we would have had no clue what He was talking about. These parables are sometimes hard to understand, but sometimes very easy. And this morning we're going to touch on the parable of the barren fig tree. And this parable touches my heart because I'm going to tell you right now that there was a time in my life that I feel like I was a barren fig tree. That the Lord saw me and all He could see was leaves. So we're going to pick it up in Luke chapter 13. And we're going to start in verse 6. And it says, And he began telling this parable. A man had a fig tree, which he had planted in his vineyard. And he came looking for the fruit on it. It did not find any. And he said to the vineyard keeper, Behold, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree without finding any. Cut it down. Cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground? And he answered and said to him, Let it alone, sir, for this year too, until I dig around it and put in fertilizer. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. But if not, cut it down. Well, hallelujah, that's, that's, that's a parable that can really hit you right in the depths of your soul. I'll tell you, every time I read it, it hits me. Because it speaks of three separate things. It speaks of the judgment of God. Cut it down. There is no fruit. It speaks of the fruit, the things that we are supposed to bear. We're going to find out what fruit is today. But what it's supposed to look like as we are children of God, heirs with Him before the Father. That if we truly are Christ's followers, are we bearing that fruit? What is that supposed to look like? And it speaks of mercy. It speaks of a gardener who says, no, 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 no. Not yet, there's still hope. There's still hope for change. There's still hope for growth and fruit. Let us not go too quick at this. The man represents God the judge, or the vineyard owner. He comes up and he speaks about this tree that has been in his garden for three years. Now, I don't know the significance of three years, but I can only imagine that it could be the maturity in which the tree was supposed to bear fruit. And maybe it was supposed to bear fruit at two years, or even one year. But it was given a couple extra years just because sometimes they don't always bear the first year. But for three years, that tree stood in the garden of the Lord. 
And it was a tree, and it had leaves, and it looked right. It looked like it played the role. It looked like it, it held the space it needed to hold, but yet there was no fruit on that tree. And so God, the judge, judges rightly and justly, and he says that tree is not doing anything but taking up space in this ground. For if you're not going to bear fruit in my garden, I've got place for another tree, and I'll just plant a different one. Judgment is real. We can't, we can't overlook judgment. I love the power and the passion of Jesus Christ and the love that he has, but we have to understand that there is coming a day, a day that we know that, that the Lord is coming again. And he's going to speak to us, and he's going to come with the power and the might on his mighty horse with his mighty armies. And he's going to cast judgment. And he's going to look upon the trees that were planted in his garden and say, where is your fruit? we got to quit playing around with Christianity and showing up on Sunday and thinking it's okay just to show up on Sunday and do everything like the world the rest of the week. Or you're going to be a fruitless tree. You look the part, you play the part, you have leaves, you have a stump, you have branches, you look like a tree, but you have everything but the fruit. And the judge comes and says, cut it down. In Luke chapter 3, verse 9, it says, but indeed the axe has already been laid at the root of the trees. Before the beginning of creation, God had already laid his axe. And said, some will bear fruit and some will not. Some will be for the taking and some will be for the cutting down. So every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. The eternal fire. The lake of fire. The pit of fire. Whatever you want to call it. Also known as hell. The great place where all those go that do not bear fruit to the Lord in judgment. In the book of Matthew, we see a very similar parable. Actually, I shouldn't say it's a parable, but it's, it's Jesus walking to Jerusalem. And in Matthew 21, verses 18 through 22, it's a well-known passage of Scripture but we see it says, Now in the early morning, when he was returning to the city, he became hungry. And seeing a lone fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it except leaves alone. And he said to it, No longer shall there ever be any fruit from you. And at once the fig tree withered. Seeing this, the disciples were amazed and asked, How did the fig tree wither all at once? And Jesus answered and said to them, Truly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive it all. Now when we read this passage of Scripture, we often focus on the power of prayer and the power of faith and no doubt and the power and the ability to do the things that the Lord has called. We want to cast mountains into the sea. We can move anything that we pray after because we believe in who God is and what he can do. But I'm telling you that in the beginning of this passage of Scripture, he is looking at a fig tree that bears nothing but leaves. And Jesus, the loving man that he is, casts judgment with a curse on that tree and says, you shall bear fruit no more. And that tree withers and dies. There is power 
in the Word, especially when it's coming from Jesus. What is Jesus seeing when He sees you? In Romans chapter 1, I want to read this just to get, us, get this idea, an understanding of what the wrath of God looks like and where we are in the, in the world today. But in Romans chapter 1, verse 18 through 24, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of people who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, that is, His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived, being understood by what has been made, so that, there are with, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their reasonings, and their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and they exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible mankind, of birds, four-footed animals, and crawling creatures, otherwise known as idolatry. Therefore, God gave them up. God gave them up to vile impurity in the lusts of their hearts so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. I want you, the, the reason I read all that scripture What's the number one? Tell you that you are without excuse. That the invisible attributes of God are, are all around you and within you. You can feel it. You can see it all around you. We are without excuse. God shows up every day in your life and you fail to see who he is and what he's doing. My goodness. Pastor Matt was telling me, or he, what he said this morning, is that the luggage came late for Mackenzie. We could get frustrated in that moment. We could be mad in that moment. But little do we know that that 45 minutes waiting for that luggage could have spared them from an accident going down the road going home. God has a plan for your life. He touches you and, and he, he, he anoints the, the ground that you step on. When you're following after him, we're too quick to bring a worldly mindset into a Christ-like body. But he will give you up to violent purity. There will come a day, there will come a day that you will pursue the world, you'll pursue the lusts of your flesh, you'll pursue the things that the world has to offer, and you'll, and you'll step away from God, and God will give you up to the things you're chasing. There once was a guy that came to me for prayer, and he said, Sam, I have not feel remorse anymore for the sin that I commit. There is no longer conviction on the things that I do. I said, brother, you're in a rough place because I feel like you're Romans chapter 1. You're in the place in which God is allowing the lust of your flesh to become the desire of your heart and giving you away to the, to the vile impurity of your ways. Just like there comes a day when the tree gets cut down. Now God is a loving God and he, he gives you chance and chance after chance. And I believe this morning is another chance for you. It's another day to which you can honor God and that you can step into His presence and begin to bear the fruit of who He is. What about the fruit? What does fruit represent? Quite often, we think about the fruit of a Christ-like person or a Christian. And we think fruit is works. 
we, we come at fruit with a works mentality. I need to get more people saved. I need to pray for more people to be healed. I need to pray for more people to be delivered. I need to see more acts of righteousness around me and in my community. I need to do more for God because that is where the fruit is. Because if I'm doing something for God, that means I'm bearing fruit. People can see what is happening. But I want to tell you this morning that fruit has much more than just the image of works. See, fruit is nutritious. It feeds the body. It feeds others. You as fruit will begin to feed others around you. But you're not going to always do that through acts. You're not going to always do that for prayer. The most powerful message you will ever preach, I say this all the time, is the way you live your life. The most powerful message you preach is the way you live your life. See, the fruit holds something at its core. It's called a seed. There's something special about fruit that we don't always look at. We look at the nutritious, the, little, the scrumptious apple and, the, and the, the moisture that's in your mouth and the orange and when it squirts you in the face when you, when you break the peel and you're like, oh, fruit! But we avoid the seed. We take the seed out, right? We don't eat the seed. But there's something special about the seed. So we as fruit, when there's fruit in our life, there's a seed. And what is the seed? But it's, it's, it's the portion that which creates another tree. It's the transformation or the image bearer of the tree. When the seed is fully transformed, it goes into the ground. The fruit, the fruit rickles up and dies and goes into the ground and the seed gets into the dirt and begins to grow. And now that seed is bearing the same image of which it was carried by. Fruit in your life should look much like Jesus Christ. Are you an image bearer? Are you bearing the image of Christ? When people see you, when you enter a room, does the atmosphere of that room change? Or does the conversation change because you're in the room? And does the language change because they're in the room? And they're like, oh, I know you don't like those words, even though we say them a lot, but we're, we'll clean up our, our language because we know you don't like that. Are things changing in your life because of the way you're walking, because of the fruit that you're bearing? Can people see that you are a Christ follower? Almighty God. He wants to do something in your life today. I can just feel it right now. Some of us are bearing fruit. And it may just only be on a couple branches. But I feel like when you leave this service today, you are going to be a full branch tree bearing fruit all day, every day, all day long. And you're going to begin to bring people in to the, to the kingdom of God because of the way you're living your life. Hallelujah. There's going to be so much fruit on you, everybody's going to be picking at you. I want some of that fruit. Come on. In John chapter 12, verse 24, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Jesus was exclaiming this in the proclamation of that which he would do on the cross, that he was going to die, that he was the grain of wheat that was going to die and fall into the ground and go down to the pit of hell, pay for your sins, and rise up and bear the fruit of which he has called you back into connection with God to where you're a child of God. You're in the kingdom of God. You're called one with him. You are back together with him again. And he did that for you. He bore the hell. He bore the pain. He took up the cross and he took it up the hill. And he wasn't carrying a wooden cross. He was carrying the sins of the world. And he was saying, I'm going to make it to the the top because when I make it to the top I'm going to die and when I die the world is going to be free in the name of Jesus 
Hallelujah. My goodness. Woo. You do the same thing. Jesus says, I did this for you. Now I'm calling you to deny yourself. Die to who you are. Die to your wants and desires. Die to your lust of the flesh. Die to those things and begin to bear the fruit of me. Because when you die to you, you can begin to bear the image of Christ. Jesus came and did it first so that we could likewise. He said, follow me. There's so much more. to We could just talk about follow me for an entire day. Follow me. Become in the image of like me. I love people. I came as a, as a humble servant to die for you. We die to ourselves to take up the cross, to take up his image so that other people can see the love of Christ. Because let me tell you right now, Jesus left this earth a long time ago and he said, greater things will you do than I've done. And he was saying that because he knew that you were an image bearer of Christ, that you didn't just bear the image, but he put all the power that he had through his Holy Spirit. Oh, there's another message right there. But he anointed you, he touched you, and he gave you the power that which he had so that ye can move in your life and you can touch and heal those around you. Come on. My goodness. That you could become fruit bearers through the image of who he is. That we could be revealing Christ to others. There is so much in the Bible about this. There's so much in the Bible. That, that is what we are called to do. That is the fruit of being a Christ-like follower. Of having Jesus in your life. Having him as your savior. Having him take... You, when you believe in Jesus, your sin is gone. I mean, just gone. We don't get that. Sometimes we receive Jesus and we're just, oh, I'm a sinful person. Oh, boy, I got a lot going on in my life. We cannot do that. Because you are nullifying the fact that Jesus just died for your whole sin. You're allowing that image to continue to control your life instead of allowing the image of Jesus to come in and control your life. Hmm. Here we go. Galatians 5. What is fruit? 19 through 24. So Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 24. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident which are. Okay, so this is the fruit of you without Christ. Okay, I know I want you to see. This is the fruit of you without Christ. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident which are sexual immorality, impurity, indecent behavior, idolatry, witchcraft, hostilities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, caressing, and things like these of which I forewarn you, just as if I forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, or your tree will be cut down. It's a fruit of the flesh. You may have fruit on your tree, let me tell you what, right now, that Jesus doesn't deal well with bad fruit. He took care of bad fruit a long time ago. So when he sees bad fruit, he's not focused on the bad fruit, he's focused on the unbelief, which causes the bad fruit. My goodness. Hallelujah. I'm getting so much out of this. The fruit of the Spirit. What's the fruit of God? The fruit of the Spirit is love. That should always be number one. 
Love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord God and no other. Place no other one above Him. You have those two? Rest follow. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Boy, that's a big one. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Therefore we died to ourself so Christ can live through us. If you do not die to yourself, Christ will never be able to live in you. That image will never be able to come through you because you're not dying to yourself. You're, you're allowing yourself, passions, and desires to be first and foremost in your life. There's so much that we could talk about on I mean, we could just, woo, we could spend so much time here. But what I want you to see is that the fruits of the flesh and the fruits of the Spirit or the fruits of God are very distinctive and different. Over five years ago, I was a very different person. And if you looked at me and spent time with me, you wouldn't think I was that different. But I was someone who knew about God for a very long time. And there were times in my life that I had fruit, and then I quit bearing fruit. I could name several times when I was like 18, maybe 20 or 21, that I was bearing fruit, but there were spaces in there in which the fruit quit bearing, and I began to walk away from God. I was a Sunday Christian who came to church, acted the part, was the tree in the garden, had the leaves, but the fruit was non-existent. Because when you, when you looked at my true self, my true life, it wasn't reflecting the image of Jesus. There may have been moments but there wasn't a true reflection, time, day after day, hour after hour, to which Jesus was reflected in my life. But about five years ago, I got real with God, and I had an encounter with who he was. I was sitting right over there where you are, sir. And the preacher was speaking to me. I mean, there were other people here, but I felt like he was speaking to me. I pushed my wife out of the way to get to the altar. She'll tell you. I didn't even get here. When I got about there, I hit the ground. Because I knew that that tree was so barren that if God came into my garden and saw me, that he would cut me down. That I had denied the call that he had put on my life. That there was something greater inside of me. There was more fruit that God had, had for me. And something changed right there. I said, God, I'm coming after you. This tree is going to bear fruit from this day forward, and I will not deny you any longer. But whether I speak it out or live it out, I'm going to live it out. I tried speaking it on Sunday, one hour a week. It didn't do me any good. You know how many people I touched? It doesn't matter. Because I wasn't fruitful in the image of Christ. I could be effective with words. You can be effective with words. You can know the word. You can know this thing from the front to the back. But if you are not an image carrier of Christ Jesus, you will be ineffective for his kingdom. Oh, man. Oh, so good. I got to keep going. The gardener. Oh, this is where it gets good. This is where it gets good. The gardener comes in and he says, Lord, not yet. 
This is where I was. This is where I was five years ago. He said, Lord, not yet. i got a plan for this one. I'm going to get in there. And I'm going to get in the soil. I'm going to, I'm going to stoop down. I'm going to get down. And I'm going to start working that soil. I'm going to start tearing things. I'm not going to feel good. But I'm going to start working that soil. I'm going to get in the dirt of your past and your present. And I'm going to work you. And I'm going to turn you. And then I'm going to fertilize you. I'm going to put my word in you. And I'm going to breathe life into you. And you're going to bear fruit because now you're focused on my image. And I'm coming and I'm caring for you. Some of you this morning, God has been working the roots of your tree for years. And you've rejected the fertilizer. You've rejected the fertilizer. Get into my word. How can you be an image bearer of me if you know nothing about me? How can you talk to people about me when you don't even talk to me? God says, how how can you do these things when you don't even have a clue who I really am? The Israelites with Moses, they knew Moses by his signs, by the miracles that he did. But the reason Moses had miracles and signs was because God made known his ways to Moses. Moses was so intimate with God, he knew the ways of God. So therefore, the signs followed. The works mentality or the works identity or the works fruit, whatever you want to call it, the fruit of works will come when you become an image bearer of Christ because you know Him. And when you know Him, it just comes out. And don't got to be fancy. My goodness, it don't got to be anything special or crazy. It could be one person at the grocery store. It could be one family reunion where that one brother or sister, that one aunt and uncle says, there's something different about you. You ain't like you used to be. Man, let the gardener work. Let him implant his word and speak to your mind, your soul, your heart. Jesus cares for you and he wants to stir the dirt of your imperfection and bring forth fruit that is so powerful in which you can move this world. That's the whole idea of the last part of that scripture in Matthew. You can move mountains, but you're not going to move mountains by your words. You're not going to move mountains by your image. You're not going to move mountains in any way, shape, or form possible by humankind. He says, you're going to move mountains by my word. You're going to move mountains by my image. You're going to move mountains because you know me. And people aren't going to see you moving mountains and say, oh, that's Sam Kehart, he's moving mountains. No, they're going to say, oh, do you see Jesus coming out of him? He's the, Jesus is moving mountains in that life. To glorify the Father. Let us be willing vessels to bear that fruit that other people can come and pick from your tree. And the Lord will prune. There's a scripture about that. The Lord will prune you back. He'll do some cutting. There'll be some more pain. But with pain comes more fruit. In the name of Jesus. Before you know it, this world will be in an uproar of revival. Hallelujah. I, hallelujah. I can't wait for the day. My goodness. Romans Chapter 11, verse 17 through 24, says, But if some of the branches were broken off, and you being a wild olive 
were grafted in among them, became a partaker with them of the rich root of the olive tree. Do not be arrogant toward the branches, but if you are arrogant, remember that it is not you who supports the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. Quite right, they were broken off for their unbelief. But you stand by your faith. Do not be conceited, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, He will not spare you either. See then the kindness and severity of God to those who fell. Severity. But to you, God's kindness. If you continue in His kindness, for otherwise you too will be cut off. And they also, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. For if you were cut off from what is by nature a wild olive tree, and contrary to, the, to nature were grafted into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will, those, will these who are natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? The promise remains. Maybe there was a time where you were fruitful like me. Maybe it was short like me. Maybe it was long. But you've entered an unfruitful season in your life. And you can no longer see the image of Christ when you look in the mirror. Or you can no longer convey that image of Christ to those around you. And because of our unbelief, our branch has been cut off. Or a tree has been cut down. The promise remains that Christ... Jesus died for us so that we may be grafted back in. This scripture is talking about the nation of Israel. And because of the nation of Israel's complete denial of who God was, and they're walking away from Him, they were cut off. But, but to their glory, because of them being cut off, the Galileans or, or all of those Gentiles, those who were not Jews, were grafted in who believed in God. Because of this, their disobedience, others we're able to be grafted in. So how much more then will Christ redeem them if they come back and believe in Him? You're here today saying that that's saying that Christ is cultivating the ground around your tree. You being here today is saying that Christ wants to plant a word into your soil for fertilizer. And that to, from this day forward doesn't have to be like all the days past. And if you've never been grafted into the tree of God, today is your day. If you've never touched the branch or the vine to which Christ is and been grafted into the family of God and connected to who He is, He wants you. You're here for that purpose today. And I don't want you to leave here without knowing that. You are here for that purpose today. That you will either accept or deny his invitation into His garden. That's a lovely invitation. Luke chapter 13, verse 1 through 5. Now on that very occasion, now this is the, just so you know, this is the passage right before the first passage I read. This is what was happening before Jesus spoke the parable of the tree. It says, now on that very occasion there were some present who reported to him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. And Jesus responded and said to them, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners 
But all the other Galileans, just because they have suffered, were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they just had suffered this fate? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you all likewise perish. Or do you think that those 18 on whom the Tower of Siloam fell and killed them were worse offenders than all those other people who live in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Repentance is key. We need to have a repentant heart. There's something special about these first five verses. Because Jesus is telling them that no one sinner is worse than another. No one person's inabilities, hurts, pains, lusts, and desires are any worse than another. But all sin is created equal in the eyes of God. And it's really saying is that no one is righteous or pure before the eyes of God. Everyone is in need of a Savior. That's why he says, if you do not likewise repent, you will also be like them. Your blood will be shed. Your tree will be cut down. Your branch will be removed. God is speaking to you today. He's saying that your situation is not too bad. He's saying that your past decisions and desires are not too much. But I want you. I want you just like I wanted everybody else. I want you just like I want the person before you and the person after you. I want you so much that I would have died on the cross just for you. That there is nothing too great for me not to take care of in your life. But if you would repent and acknowledge me and believe in me, Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For the one who comes to God must believe that he exists. I don't know about you, but I felt God in this building today. That's enough for me to know that He exists. We are without excuse, much like Romans chapter 1 said. You can see the invisible attributes of who God is in, in the earth around you and in your heart. You know. You know. Are you willing to accept the reality that you are in need of a Savior and that your tree is not bearing fruit? Maybe you're in a place where you just want to see more fruit. You want to see more of God in your life. And that He proves to be the one who rewards those who seek Him. Are you willing to seek Him today? Because He will reward you. He will reward you with a life for eternity. One that which does not end in judgment. One that which does not end with the axe swinging, but ends with the axe disappearing. The axe is no longer laid at the tree because the reflection of your image is Jesus Christ and that's what the Father sees at the judgment. I want to invite you, if you've never done it before, to pray with me to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. To repent 
of your past, present, and maybe even future. And Christ is going to rewrite your story. And all those things in the past will be gone. And everything in the future will be new. And he wants to make a new way for you. See, Christ doesn't... This is so cool. The gardener didn't see what the vineyard owner did. The gardener could see a fruitful tree. And that's why the gardener dug. And that's why the gardener fertilized. Jesus looks at you and sees a fruitful tree. Whether you're bearing it yet or not, He knows that you can. He's calling you this morning. So if you all want to stand up, just close your eyes with me. The parable of the barren fig tree is a hard one to swallow because we often wonder, are we really barren? Am I really bearing fruit? What does my life really look like outside of my own self? You can see everybody else in the world, but you can't see yourself. And so it's hard sometimes to know whether you're bearing fruit or not. But I tell you this day, that if you begin a life with Christ, you will be a fruit bearer. If you really focus on Him and make Him number one in your life, that fruit will come. So if you just close your eyes with me, I want to give you an opportunity this morning, if there's anyone in this place that wants to receive Christ for the first time, maybe for the hundredth time, to pray with me. Just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I repent. I ask for forgiveness of my sins. And I acknowledge my need for a Savior. And I accept your sacrifice. Come into my life. Make me anew. Help me to be an image bearer. Allow your works to move through me. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. In Jesus' name. And they all said, Amen. Some of you who spoke that for the first time today may be needing some prayer. There will be a prayer team up here that can talk with you and pray for you and begin to just put blessing over your life and allow you to get going in that journey. But God wants to touch you today. He wants to touch the dirt. He touched my dirt today. He touched my dirt today. And He planted new words. And so more fruit will come. It's got to be an expectation. The closer we get to God, the more fruit will come. There's no closer place to be than with Him in His kingdom and in His glory. And that promise stands true. That if you accepted Him for the first time today, you have life eternal with Jesus Christ. That's something that we can get excited about. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Refuge Official Podcast today. 
We hope that this message spoke to you in a very meaningful way and that you were able to connect with the Lord. And hey, if you made a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today, we are first and foremost just so happy for you and we would love to get connected with you. So if you want to find some more of our content and find out how to get connected with us, feel free to check out our website at wearefuge.net. Be blessed and have an amazing rest of your day.